Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, my friends, and welcome. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you are listening to the show live archived or if you have downloaded the show from iTunes or from the Stitcher app. Thank you so much. Much love to you. Just a quick reminder, I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional coaching and training company. On this show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life on a personal as well as a professional level. On this show, we have experts that come on the show and share a lot of great information and tips with you. So just wanted to let you know this show is intended to be for information purpose and thought-provoking. All the guests that come on the show are experts in their field, and you are welcome to contact them directly from the information I provide on the show page, or you can contact me by visiting my website at www.yourlifenow.info. Again, that's www dot your life now dot info. But before we bring on our guest for today, I just like to set my intention as always. My intention of hosting this show is to inspire you. I like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. It's really all up to you. So all I ask of you on this show is to have an open mind and open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your life, so why don't you live it your way? We're going to take a short break, and we will bring on our guest for today. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thanks again for joining us. Whether you are listening to the show live or archive, I do appreciate each one of you. So just a quick reminder, the show will be archived the minute we go off the air. So it's available for you to download, to listen to it again right here on this link. Or you can also go to iTunes in the podcast section and also listen there or download it as well as the Stitcher app. So if you have the Stitcher app for your smartphone, you can listen to the show, all the episodes available right there on the Stitcher app. My guest today is Craig Merriweather. Craig has been described as a wake-up call, giving people the tools and information they need to energize and revitalize their lives, enable them to end depression 
and create a life of happiness. Craig is the author of the best-selling program, Mind Mastery Blueprints and Depression 180, about which Wendy Love Creator and author of the award-winning blog, DepressionGateway.com, says, This is one of the best, most through books on depression I have read, and I have read most of them. It's the most through account of all strategy you could possibly employ to manage depression. Craig is also a feature author in a New York Times best-selling book, Pearls of Wisdom. 30 Inspirational Ideas to Live Your Best Life Now, along with Jack Canfield, Marcy Shemov, and Janet Otwood. He also a host of a popular blog talk radio show, The Mastermind Show, Interview an expert in mind, body, and spiritual transformation. Please help me welcome our guest, Craig Merriweather. Thank you for How being you, here. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for letting me be on your show. It's fun. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's always my pleasure. And, and you know, you and I, we talk a little bit off the air, and, and uh, I find you to be very inspiring to many listeners, and I hope, you know, I, I want to reiterate again, the show is intended to be for information purpose and thought-provoking. So whatever you hear us talking about today could be a very sensitive topic, but uh, uh, Greg is here to share his personal experience dealing with depression, and let's jump right into it, um, Craig. Tell us a little bit more about your story, if you don't mind, just to give us a little background, what really had inspired for you and uh, what you had gone through? Sure. Well, it, it's something that I struggled with uh, for quite a long time, probably since I was a, a teenager, but it was kind of a thing where it, it just became normal. It became a normal way of living, normal way of feeling, uh, sort of like that frog that sits in a pot of water and you slowly heat it up. The frog's not going to notice that the water is heating up until it's too late. And and uh, that's the way it was for me, and I'm, I'm sure it's probably uh, the way for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, but I just, I didn't know anything was wrong um, until you just hit that rock bottom place of I just can't feel like this anymore. My, you know, life is, is just miserable. It's, 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 I don't feel good. And uh, I got to a point where I just, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, so the, the options are, you know, basically you stay where you are. That wasn't a good option for me. Uh, you know, you could go further down into the darkness and maybe even, you know, decide to, to commit suicide. That's obviously not a great option either. So the other only other option is to get out. And I decided just for my family's sake, uh, for my son's sake, that um, I had to find a way out of depression. And my issues, though, were that didn't have any money, I didn't have any health insurance, and so I just couldn't go more of the traditional route. I also knew some people who had been on antidepressants, and it didn't really help them. It, uh, they had these horrendous side effects uh, that they, they went through when they were on antidepressants. It was hard to get off them when, once they decided to get off them, uh, so I didn't want to do that route either. So it became this huge uh, self-help project, the ultimate mm-hmm. self-help project. The ultimate do-it-yourself, and so I just started getting book after book, and doing program after program, and researching and researching and researching. And what I was amazed is 
the, the information that actually is out there, it's, it's sort of underground. Um, it's not wide in the open. There's lots of money being uh, spent to promote antidepressants um, as the one-pill cure-all. But what I found was there's so many different ways depression can show up in your life. Um, depression really is just a, a warning signal. There's some, uh, like a check engine light for the unconscious mind to get the attention of the conscious mind. Sort of like the way pain in the body is a signal that you need to address the situation. You're feeling pain in your lower abdomen. You know, are you, are you having stomach issues? Do you have appendicitis? You need to find out what that pain is and address the issues. Well, depression is the same way. It's a signal, a check engine light, but unfortunately, just like your check engine light, it doesn't tell you exactly what the, the issues are. So it, it does take some investigation. It takes some detective work. But what I found is that study after study that's, that's been published in leading medical and scientific journals show uh, all these different methods that can reduce, if not eliminate, depression in your life. And it's just people aren't talking about it. And so, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a, I'm not a neuroscientist or brain surgeon or anything like that. I'm just somebody who went through depression and found all these methods, this huge toolbox full of methods mm. for, for ending depression. And, and you know, the, the thing that always kind of bugged me about um, going to the doctor telling him, you know, her, her these symptoms that you're having. You know, I'm feeling lethargic. I can barely get out of bed. I just don't feel joy in life. And they say, oh, well, it's uh, you got depression. It's like, well, yeah, I basically just told right. you that. Why do I have depression? And, and you know, something like one-third of women walk away from a doctor's visit with a prescription for an antidepressant. Right. But, and there's so many different ways depression can show up in your life, including something like hypothyroidism, if you're, if you're thyroid isn't producing enough hormones. You, the symptoms could be um, feeling lethargic, feeling uh, tired, low energy, depressed, sad. And you, you say these symptoms, and the doctor immediately just gives you an antidepressant, which has nothing to do with your thyroid. You know, or maybe you have low vitamin D, or maybe you're dealing right. with an uh, emotional trauma that's coming back up. And it's like it masks that. It puts a piece of duct tape over that check engine line. It does nothing to solve the problem. So... Um, so, so I mean, I, I guess what I wanted to, uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt you because I okay, just okay. wanted to make it like interactive here, both of us talking. Um, so basically what you're saying to me, um, they were really, they treating the symptoms, they were not treating you. And that's uh, something I actually shared on the uh, air with Dr. Walter Jacobson, who I just left him a message, hopefully he'll call in, who is a psychologist. And the, th the first thing, you know, a doctor, when you go see a doctor um, about a symptom, especially when it comes to anxiety, I had, you know, suffered from anxiety attacks for a long, long period of time, and I didn't know what it was, and I couldn't figure out what was the cause until I finally, you know, I got deep into the root of the things. But I was for a long time using anti, you know, depressant, anti-anxiety drugs to kind of sort of, you know, numb the symptoms per se. And uh, and I guess, you know, again, uh, we, we are not attacking, you know, the pharmaceutical companies. We're not atta attacking the medical, you know. Um, obviously, there's a, uh, a room for everything, and sometimes it could be a life and death situation where people need, you know, medications and stuff like that. But I think it should be really 
uh, process more, you know, to find out exactly, you know, if it could be treated or like you mentioned, you could be deficient in vitamin D or vitamin A or some kind of nutritional problem that is causing some chemical, you know, imbalance in your brain. But we really don't evaluate it from that perspective. You know, I mean, I just to get a, give you an example, actually, I have a client that I was, you know, we were talking about his child who was like just eight years old, and she started developing some symptoms, and the medical field couldn't put a, you know, a label on it, so, so-called, and they kept saying there's like nothing wrong with her physically. And one of the things, you know, he's going through some some problems, some issues, you know, on the personal level, and uh and I said, well, it could be that she's stressed out about something. I mean, could you, like, find out if her nutrition is something going on there? You know, but most of the time, and I'm not a doctor and I'm not a psychologist and I'm not, you know, <laughs> saying that I have the answer for anything. I'm just saying, as, like, you mentioning and you here on this show, to share your personal experience with dealing with depression. And I know, you know, from my experience dealing with, you know, with anxiety attacks, it's very painful. And I think it almost feels it's physical, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can I mean, really hurt. no doubt about it. So, you know, finally, after all these years, right? You know, I, I think you mentioned somewhere like over 20 years, you've been trying to figure out, you know, yeah. pinpoint exactly how to to sort of like snap out of it. But uh, mo- most of the time, especially with depression, I mean, they call it clinical, dep- you know, it's it's actually illness. And uh, um, that's how it's labeled, right? Most of the time, I mean, anxiety attacks, is, you know, it's anxiety, but depression is a little bit more severe for most people where they feel because that's how they were told, you know, it is uh, a clinical, you know, depression is, means it's, it's an illness. It's, it's, it's a disease that you have that needs to be treated. And, uh, um, but you actually saying something else, and that's what well, we need to share. It's sort of like, uh, yeah, it, uh, Dr. Um, uh, Dr. Daniel Amen uh, says being diagnosed with uh, depression is like being diagnosed with chest pain. And what he means by that is, like, let's say you go to the doctor and say, I'm, I'm feeling pain in my chest, and the doctor says, uh, oh, well, you have chest pain. Here's a prescription. Take this pill. Uh, see you in, in six weeks. It's like, well, no, I, I know I have chest pain. That's why I'm here. The doctor needs to find out why there's chest pain. So are you having a heart attack? Uh, do you have lung cancer? Do you have uh, hepatitis? You know, have, have you, you know, are you just having heartburn from all the tacos you ate last night? Do you, have you recently <laughs> suffered a, a gunshot wound? You know, there's a, a lot of different reasons wow. you could be experiencing pain in the chest. The doctor's purpose is to examine, to find out why specifically you're having those those chest pains, and they usually do. You know, you could just throw pills at a person, and, you know, a lot of averages would, say, well, some people are going to get better on those pills, but not everybody because everybody might have a different, everybody's going to have a different uh, reason why depression is showing up in your life. You know, it could be as uh, simple as, you know, low vitamin C in, in your, your diet and you're not eating enough fruits and vegetables. You know, you know that, um, remember back from high school, uh, history class, scurvy, that sailor's disease back in the 1700s, one of the... Um, signs of scurvy was that you're depressed a lot and and uh so it could be low vitamin c it could be uh low vitamin b12 it could be low vitamin d not getting enough sunlight um it could be you know of course emotional trauma that's that's uh um 
in your memory and is, is coming up and, and you're dealing with that. It could be just the negative thought patterns in your, in your brain. It could be so many different things. It, and it could be hypothyroidism. It could be um, a reaction to a medication you're on. There are about 100, at least 100 medications, over-the-counter medications and prescription medications where side effects uh, include depression. Um, you know, so that could actually be called, I mean, that's, that's so interesting. I didn't know that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, even um, actually, strangely, uh, one of the um, reactions people have to antidepressants is depression. And uh, for about, uh, there's an article that was released in the journal Neuron uh, in 2012, which uh, Dr. Renee Hen, who's a uh, pharmacologist at uh, Columbia University, found that in about uh, half the population, antidepressants decrease serotonin in the brain. And serotonin is that neurotransmitter, that brain chemical that, uh, amongst very many other things, can uh, create happiness and, and feelings of well-being in your in your system, in your body and, and brain. And so it might act, antidepressant might actually lower that in your brain and thus cause depression. And so, you know, it's it's not easy to find exactly why depression, but but it is it is possible. And whether that's uh, seeing a, a doctor get some blood tests to look at vitamin D or or testosterone as men grow older. Uh, a 50-year-old man has some about, of the hormones, right? Yeah, has about 20% less testosterone in his body than he did in his 20s. A 70-year-old man has about 50% less uh, testosterone. Testosterone can uh, cause depression. Um, there's just so many different ways, and it's that you have to start the detective work to find out because it can be cured. There are ways of dealing with it, and it will probably take some life change, certainly. You know, if you want to change some things in your life, you're going to have to change some things in your life. But and whether that's a, a diet thing or increasing exercise or, um, you know, taking a, a, a supplement like 5-HTP, which actually creates serotonin in the brain or so many families, there's tons of different what ways. What is that, that 3-H serotonin in the, in the brain? What's the... the, uh, the one of them is, well, there's lots of There's supplements that you can find at your uh, health food store in the supplement department. Um one of them is called 5-HTP. It's 5-hydroxytryptophan. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. And what it is is um, it's something that occurs naturally in your body. Your body creates it when it absorbs tryptophan from the food that you eat. Tryptophan is that thing in, in Turkey that supposedly makes you sleepy when you eat too much at Thanksgiving. But if um, you, your body's not absorbing enough tryptophan, it can't make 5-HTP, and you need 5-HTP to make serotonin in your brain. Uh, you can take supplements. You can go to your health food store, buy a, a bottle of pills. Change your diet. And, uh, change your diet. Look at your, change your diet, like yeah. eating. That's a very key, yeah. I mean, that's definitely, well, I mean, I, sometimes a, when I feel down, you know, as a as a female, you know, we also like, you know, certain time of the month, we go through hormone change, right? And, you know, that affects our mood, affects how we feel and stuff. And I can guarantee you, I've been, like, doing a lot of, you know, research on myself and, and work on myself where I think, like, if I wasn't feeling good, I try to notice what I was eating, you know, and uh, sort of, like, writing it down. And I know you're a big fan of that, you know, as well because I'm big on writing and journaling and documenting, you know, thoughts and feelings. Um, but when you actually try to monitor your diet and find out what you what caused certain things, then you you know it will be more uh, 
doable, let's say, not easy. There's nothing easy. You've got to do the work. Um, more doable for you to start changing those symptoms by, you know, putting, you know, food that makes you feel good or a diet that is not, you know, uh, so uh, heavy on your body and brain. And, and one of the things that I can tell you, um, in me studying human development and being an LP practitioner, um, if you don't feel good, think about what you're thinking or what's going on in your head. And most of the time, it's, it's, there's a coloration, you know, between the mind and body. And if you don't have that connection between your mind and body, you know, you miss it on a lot of way of healing, you know, and, and restoring, you know, your, um, your way, the way you're supposed to be living your life, which is, you know, no illnesses, no diseases, no nothing, you know, but that takes a lot of work, and you know that. I mean, it took you a lot of time to to come where you are right now, and I'm I'm so glad and really honored and, and grateful that you're here to share your experience because it's it's not an easy thing to you know to talk about a topic like this, especially if you were in it, you know. And uh, I mean, I had anxiety, and I thought it was a great deal. So I can't even imagine what depression. You know, it's like, so I, I can't even put myself in your shoes, and I would not want to do that either. Um, but uh, um, it had to have been really painful for you, you know, to kind of, you know, start doing the work and, and taking, you know, these steps to um, to really pretty much, are you, you feel like you're depression-free now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, here's, here's the thing. I, I, I don't want to give people the impression that uh, emotions are bad. Um, oh, you got to, yeah. Me, yeah. To me, we're, we're human beings, and we we are wired to feel the full spectrum of human emotion. So I don't believe sadness is bad or, or grief or anger or or stress even. I think there's a time and place for all those. What the, the problem comes is when you get stuck in that sadness or that anger or that stress or that grief, when that becomes normal, when that becomes your you know emotional set point, like you, you set a thermostat, for 74 degrees, when and whether it gets too hot or too cold, your your air conditioning or heat will will bring that back to that set point of 74 degrees. Well, you know, no matter what happens, uh, your your body will readjust to that emotional set point that you're set for, and that's set for depression, sadness, anger, anxiety, uh, stress. You know, you will be, uh, you know, no matter how happy you might get on an occasion, you'll just revert right back down to that emotional set point and that's when when the problems start that's when you start feeling like this week after week and month after month and year after year uh where you start getting physical problems and it could be as as, uh, simple as maybe changing your diet certainly there's food allergies have been shown to cause mental reactions such as depression and and confusion and anger and and actually the the four top foods that cause the most mental uh, reactions, the most mental uh, severe mental reactions, such as loss of motivation or anger or nervousness or depression, are, are wheat, milk, sugar, and eggs. And that's what a lot of people start their morning with. I mean, that, that's right. practice right there for a lot of people. And if you're setting yourself up, you know, a half an hour, an hour after you wake up to, to get those mental reactions uh, going, such as depression, or anger, you know, you're just, they're not going to have a good day. So it might be, you know, whether you do it yourself or you go to a food allergist or something, maybe looking at your diet and seeing what what are you eating the most of and maybe even cutting that out of your diet just to 
see what happens. See if you feel better. See if you're, if you think more clearly. Uh, see if you even feel happier. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to give you a little break. We're going to play okay. some happy music here a little bit for, for you and everybody else. And this is it. This is from uh, David Jean Baptiste, and uh, we will be right back. Stay tuned. David John Patiste, the author of How to Be Happy. In this short yet powerful book, David shares very simple techniques on how to relax your mind and body to achieve happiness in your life. He shows you how to free your intention and how to connect your mind and body to achieve a deep sense of fulfillment from within. So make sure you check out David's book at www.thewellnessclarinet.com. That's again www.thewellnessclarinet.com. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Okay, my friends, welcome back. You are listening to Your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thank you so much for being here. Just a quick uh, reminder, the, we are live right now, so maybe when you listen to the show, the archive, I'm not sure, but if you are listening to the show live, feel free to call in with any question or comments. It's 626-213-5773, and the chat room is open as well, so feel free to log in in there and put your comments or questions. Thank you for the people who are there. Much love. Okay, um, I, again, you know, just wanted to mention we are talking about depression here, depression 180 with Craig uh, Merriweather, the author of best-selling program Mind Mastery, Blueprints, and Depression 180, about which Wendy Love, creator and author of award-winning blog, DepressionGateway.com, says, quote, this is one of the best, most through books on depression I have read, and I have read most of them. It's the most through account of all the strategies you could possibly employ to manage depression. And uh, just so before the break, we uh, uh, Craig was sharing a lot of his personal experience dealing with depression for many years. Craig, again, thank you so much for being here and sharing your personal story. Oh, thank you, and thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate you wanting to bring this subject to the light because I, 
I think there's a lot of there's a stigma around depression that you might not see with a lot of other illnesses or or, or things that go, people go through. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk about it. You know, it's something that, you know, is, is dear to my heart, too. And, and, you know, I've actually seen, like, my young niece going through depression who is only 16 years old. And, uh, you know, it, it's not an easy thing. And, uh, you know, you have some strategies, you know, of dealing with, with depression. And you said there's really, you, you sort of, like, narrow it down to five top requirements for change. Can you share that with us? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the... the uh First of all, if you really want to, you know, as much as I'd like to change the world and change other people and get them to live the, the happiness that they, they really deserve to live in, you really got to get to a point in your own life where you're irritated at where you are in life. you you got to get to that rock bottom place or at least to the point where you've decided you're not going to stay this way anymore. When, when you've suffered enough, you're going to start making the changes in your life that you want. And, but if you're comfortable with, your, with where you are, and even if that means you're uh, comfortably miserable, um, you're going to stay that way. There's no reason for you to, to change. You're comfortable. But once you get to that point where you're being poked with a sharp stick and you're tired of it, you will make the changes because this will take some life changes, whether it's your diet or, or putting exercise as a, a something uh, into your daily routine or, or any, any of these things, uh, it will take some tweaks to your lifestyle. So you've got to get irritated enough, and then you really have to make a decision and commit because once you start moving out of that comfort zone you've been in, you're going to, your brain, your, your subconscious brain will start, you know, trying to get you back in that comfort zone. It doesn't like being uncomfortable. Most people don't. So you'll find ways to trip you up, and you will get frustrated. You might get disappointed at times. It's like, well, you, but if you're committed, you're going to keep going. There's there's a story that always kind of inspired me to keep going, and, and maybe you know, Rhea, that uh, book series, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Mm-hmm. Sure, it was, of course. It was huge, huge back in the, in the 90s. Well, uh, when Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen had the idea for that book, they had the, they had the book, and they were going around to publishers. Um, and publisher after publisher rejected the book. They hated the title. Uh, They hated the format. Nobody reads little anthology, short story things, inspirational books like that. Nobody wants it. Well, they went through publisher after publisher. They ended up going through about something like 152 publishers said no before this one little almost bankrupt uh, publisher who did mainly uh, medical textbooks decided to take a chance on it. And the rest is history. And even then, it still took 18 months after the book was published before it started selling. I think now they're up to, the last time I heard, and this was a few years ago, they're up to 500 million copies sold of that Wow, series. amazing. And, this is, uh, and I know the story is, behind it, how they all started and the vision of having that first book out in, you know, in air. Absolutely. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it goes back, it's like, what if they had quit at, the 45th publisher. Well, 45 right. publishers don't want this book. Let's try something else. What if they quit at the 98th? What if they quit at 137? They were committed to seeing that book published. They kept going. They kept going. I'm sure if they went to every publisher in the world, everyone said no, they'd find a way to publish it themselves because they were committed 100%. And 
And if you're committed 100%, what are your chances of reaching your goal, no matter what happens? Even if you say, you know, I'm going to reach my goal in three months. Well, what if it's six months? What if it's nine months? What if it's three years? If you're mm-hmm. committed, 100% committed, you're going to reach that goal 100% of the time. And you have to have a vision, mm-hmm. vision of your life. You have to have an idea of what you want your life to be. You know, a map only works mm-hmm. uh, only if you know where you want to go. You have to know where right. you are. Right. But you also have to know where you're going, of course. So right. find out what it is you want in your life. And, and I'm not talking about the car and the house. Yes, that, that stuff's uh, you know important in life. But I'm talking about how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel when you wake up in the morning? That's the kind of vision I'm, I'm talking about. You also have to take massive action. And that's a, a, a thing I... And that's a scary for many people, though. That's a scary, that's a scary yeah. stuff. I mean, as a coach who's been in this business, you know, um, working with, yeah, I can tell you that's not an easy thing for people to, to do. Uh, it's taking no, no. that first step, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's taking those action steps every day. And, it, and this isn't something like, and I think this is where, and you probably, you know, can talk about this, Rhea. I think this is where a lot of people may get tripped up in their diets. Is they think, okay, mm-hmm. I'll make these changes for three or four weeks, lose the five or ten pounds, and then go back to the lifestyle I was living before with eating the uh, fried foods and, and all the cookies. It's like, and then they gain the weight back and say, I don't understand why I gained the weight back. Like, you don't go to the gym for four weeks pumping iron, lifting weights, getting on an exercise machine, and then say you're done. Well, I exercise, so now I'm done. It's a lifestyle change. If exactly. you want to be healthy, if you want to lose the weight, you want to build the strength, you want to build the muscles, you're in the gym two, three uh, times a week for the rest of your right. life, not just for right. a month or two. It's for the rest of your life. It's a lifestyle change. If you want to change some things in your life, you're going to have to change some things in your life. And that's the action. It's not action for a week or two. It's action forever and that's a little scary but you're taking action now you're just you're just kind of redirecting the action you're taking if and i may ask thing, yep, yeah no i mean I, yeah I, mean, I will let you finish the the last one but if i you know i mean i'm just like writing notes as we're talking too i just like to add a few things on what you said to just uh, um you know to emphasize on it First of all, you know, creating an urgency, um, it's, it's amazing how actually we, when we feel like we in, um, uh, threatened by something and, and we feel like, you know, something is a matter of life and death or whatever, we say, oh, I'm going to take action now. I have a different philosophy on that one, but that's okay because I think, you know, we don't have to wait till we get to that point. You know, unfortunately, most people do, right? And you said, you know, sometimes it's necessary for you to hit bottom to actually start doing something on it because you're creating that urgency, that, that, that life and death kind of situation where you know you have to do something or you're going to be gone or something really horrible is going to happen to you. But what I wanted to add to that is, first of all, you know, I mean, uh, you know, just to, uh, um, to mention about goals and actions and, you know, I think, you know, when, when you have that big picture, what the life that you really wanted to live, and like you said, you know, you, you, you get in the car and you have your GPS set on the destination, right? You never leave, you know, the, you, don't, you don't turn your GPS off while you're driving. You keep that GPS on and you keep that destination on, correct? Because you want to know where you're going. And that's the same thing with anything we do in life. So as long as you have that picture in front of you all the time, reminding you where you want to be 
Because that's why we quit, right? We quit because we can't see that anymore. It's, it's foggy. It's not there anymore because we put it away. We don't know exactly why we're doing what we're doing. And the second thing is, as long as we keep realizing that life does happen all the time, like you said, we cannot ignore things happening to us. And not a call obstacle in coaching. So, like, you know, you really need to understand that, you know, things are happening to you and how do you deal with them and that's your action step. It's okay that it's happening. It's not a big deal. Don't beat yourself up on it, you know, um, for it. And, uh, you know, just pick yourself up and try to take another step. But keep that GPS on because that's where it's going to take you, to where you want to be. And and creating a lifestyle, uh, Craig, it's... uh, it, it's a lot of work, and you know that. You, you know, you, you can tell me if I'm, I'm saying this wrong. I mean, it took a lot of commitment from you yeah. to be where you yeah, are right absolutely. now. Yeah. yeah. So share with us the, the last one, please. Well, the last one, it kind of fits into to what you just said. The, the last one is just you have to have patience with yourself. You know, uh, there's this uh, species of bamboo that can grow 13 feet in a week, but for seven years it, it's growing roots underground. And you have to, you know, and, and you have to have patience with yourself. I don't know how long this is going to take for you. Um, and and you can't judge yourself by what other people, oh, the guy down the street did this in two mm, months. Yeah, no. Take me right. months. You don't know how long he was growing roots for. He may have right. been growing roots for seven years, right. two years, or whatever. You don't know what he had to go through to get to that, that point. And, you know, look, I don't know however old you are today. In three years, you're going to be how old? You know, you're going to be three years older. Well, in three years, you're either going to have what you want or you're going to be scratching your head saying, well, I wish I started that three years ago. You know, it's, it's sure. you have to take the actions, but you have to have patience with yourself. You know, you might be saying, well, I can do this in three months, six months, but what if it takes three years? You know, and stop beating yourself up. If, if things aren't working out in some arbitrary schedule you set up for yourself, because it's really, uh, yes, you're, it's reaching the goal, but if the goal ultimately, you know, if you strip down all the things about the car and the house and the relationships, I think it's really all about feeling happy and feeling love, you know, for, for yourself and for other people. And, and being loved, yes, is definitely part of that, but I think, Feeling love with Oh, I think that comes automatically. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, if you can do that now, you know, yes, your goal is is these other things, maybe, and then, or maybe getting rid of the weight or or the the depression or dealing with the anxiety. Yes, but if you can start focusing on the fact that right now, in this very moment, you can make the decision, the commitment. You're like, well, I'm going to feel happy now. And yeah, there, there are, you know, you might need a toolbox by your side with, with things that, that you can do to help get you to those feelings of happiness because it's really about uh, brain cells communicating to each other, reaching out. You know that expression, brain cells that fire together, wire together. Mm-hmm. Like, well, when, oh, you yeah. have a, you know, when you have a thought, when you have an emotion, when you take an action, brain cells need to communicate to each other. Well, if you keep having that those same thoughts, if you keep having those same uh, actions, doing those same actions, doing, having those same emotions, those same brain cells keep firing together and they wire together and those, they become stronger and they become faster and it then ends up becoming a habit, an automatic habit. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. and then it becomes subconscious. This is how we learn to play the piano or ride a bike or, or drive a car or learn to walk. It's by doing right. it over and over and over. It's by practicing over and over. If you ever watch a baby, 12-month-old baby, or learn to walk, it's, it's you know, it's, you're biting your fingernails. Oh, they're going to fall forward and they're going to fall back. It's They're learning how to use their body. They're learning the motor skills. They're learning about balance and lifting one foot and, and putting it in front of the other. It's like, well, now we don't think about it. Now we just do it. Now we just say, I need to go over there, and you get up and, and you walk. We don't think about balance. Like, that's because it's ingrained. We've wired those brain cells together now into a super highway that's fast, that's quick. And it's because we've practiced over and over again. Well, what are you practicing for every day? Are you practicing for, for anger? Are you practicing for frustration? Are you practicing for being irritated in rush hour traffic? Are you practicing being irritated with your children? It's like these emotions are causing brain cells to connect together. And if you keep practicing these things over and over and over again, they're going to wire. The good news is you can uh, practice different emotions. Just like at any age, you can learn to play the piano. Uh, you just got to wire the brain cells together. Exactly. You can wire brain cells for happiness. You can wire brain cells for feelings of love. And as you stop using the brain cells for depression and sadness, they will kind of wither away if they're not being used. Have you so. seen the movie, um, oh, my God, what is it called? Uh, Down the Rabbit Hole? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, know, I, I uh, love that movie because it really talks yeah. about all these things, you know, like how you are rewiring all your cells and, the, you know, how the brain, like, you know, when you're happy and you're sad and, you know, all the emotions and, you know, it's like, it, it, yeah, I, I watched that, sh- that movie, I don't know how many times, and I was, you know, but... Yeah. I was doing a, yeah. you know, research on it too, so that was part of it. But I mean, what you said it was really true, and and the fact is that we really need to evaluate. I think that's that's the key. What I'm getting from you, it really evaluate our current situation, where we are right now, and what we really want. And sometimes we, I mean, that's the hardest thing I find on my um, on my end. You know, working with uh, clients, most people don't really know what they want because they don't know any better. You know, it's like, what are you comparing? Are you comparing apple to apple or are you comparing apple to oranges, right? So if you've been, it depends on the age that you are, been doing things in a certain way for so many years, you've been programmed based on your beliefs, based on your environment and how you live your life or whatever, et cetera. So it's hard to break away. But I think if we break it into segment and take one area, which is going to be taking me into my next uh, break, and uh, on my um, book ad, but take one area in your life and try to evaluate it and process, process what's going on with that and see where you can start improving and, and doing some changes. The small changes can go a long, long way. And you know that, Craig, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is no doubt about it. So, okay, so let's take another break, and we'll come back. And I'm loving this. I wish we'd done the show longer, but we'll be right back. Please stay tuned. Thank you. I love what Maya Angelou had to say about the power of the spoken word. She said, I quote, Words mean more than what is set down on paper. It takes the human voice to infuse them with deeper meaning, end quote. And that is the reason I made the decision to put my words into an audiobook. So please check out my spoken words in my new audiobook, Your Life, 
your way. The 10 must-have goals to improve your life. It's now available. You can either go to my website at www.coachingbyria.com and purchase it there. You can also download the book from iTunes by going to the link I provided in the show page or simply go to iTunes stores and put my name in the search, Coach Ria Wilkie, and you will be able to download the audiobook from there. And I do thank you all for doing so. And if you um, like to write a review, please do so. And I'm always grateful to be in service. Thank you. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to Your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for um, for being here live or listening to the show archive and, of course, for downloading the show on iTunes. Um, you know, you make it so easy for me to do what I do, what I love to do, and I thank you. I thank you for all your support. Just one last thing about the book. The book is actually available right now on Amazon for a really very low um, price. So if you want to take advantage of that price, make sure you go to Amazon. And I think the link should be on the show page. Um, or you can just go to Amazon and put my name, and you'll be able to find the book there. And uh, as we were talking before the, the break, uh, Craig, how to like really kind of try to evaluate every single area in your life, and I think in my book that's what I actually did. I took every area and tried to like walk, you know, um, the you know people who are listening to the audio, you know, through exercises how to really you know, kind of evaluate what's going on with their current situation and where they can prove and how they can set small, you know, uh, goals, attainable goals, goals that really is going to only move them forward one step, you know, um, uh, closer to their goal. And it's really, it sounds like it's easy to be said, but it's a process and you are here to say it's a process because you had been going through, uh, you had gone through, you know, uh, depression for nearly 25 years. Is that correct, Craig? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and it's it's a thing where you just it gets comfortable to, yes. to feel that way. It, it gets uh, I don't know, maybe even uh, addicted might be the, the right word. I think we sabotage yeah. ourselves, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, because because you uh, your your subconscious mind is now wired for a certain comfort zone for a certain emotional set point, and if you start moving out of that emotional set point, it will think it might be getting into harm's way. It doesn't know what's on the other side. Uh, there may be danger. And it's, it's your, your subconscious mind is not meant to keep you happy. It's only to keep you safe and alive. And right. So, exactly. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so true. Yes. Yeah. And, and you can be happy and safe, but it it's doesn't, a decision. might not know that at the moment. It has to be trained. It's, it's a computer. And, mm-hmm. and you've, you've heard of that expression, garbage mm-hmm. in, garbage out. It's right. just reacting to what the information has been put in. It's like we're born with this four-drawer filing cabinet. And if um, uh, only one drawer is filled, and that drawer is to keep our heart beating and our lungs breathing and, and all those things, the rest we learn. And the rest right. we are, are is gets inputted through interactions with family, parents, grandparents, siblings, uh, friends, school, if, if religion's a, a part of life, all that stuff is being, well, you know, for lack of a better word, programmed in, into our, our brains, and this creates our emotional set point and our reactions to things, and they don't have to be logical. 
you know, it doesn't have to. Well, it doesn't have. Yeah, exactly. True. So true. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I read something. I'm sorry. Oh, I was, just, I was going to say, there's a, a doctor by the name of uh, Dr. David Burns. He wrote this book called Feeling yes. Good. And uh, he says that depression always results from distorted thinking. And what, what always caught me about that sentence is not sometimes it's caused, depression is caused by distortion, or every now and then or once in a while. It's, depression is always caused by distorted thinking in some way, meaning that, you know, as events and circumstances are coming at us. We are processing that information, but it's somehow getting distorted by the time it reaches our, our subconscious mind. And maybe it's because it thinks there's danger in some way. It's trying right. to keep us safe, so it's bending that information, leaving certain information out that it deems uh, uh, not uh, important. You know, it, there's this great book by Dr. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi called Flow, and this this statistic gets put all over the internet, but um, in that book he shows how we're inundated with about two million bits of information a second, but our minds can only comprehend about 127 bits. So there has to be some sort of filter on our mind keeping uh, certain information out that our mind deems unnecessary or unimportant, and only letting in that 127 bits of information that deems important for our safety and our survival. It's like, well, if you can have 1.9 million bits of information coming at you saying what a wonderful person you are, uh, how everything is wonderful in your life, people love you, you have lots of friends, and you're so talented and, and beautiful, but if your filter is not set up to accommodate that information, it'll block it from entering, and you'll only see that that bit of information where it tells you that uh, you're, you know, you're no good, you're not worthy, everything you do is wrong, even though you have a majority of the information says, says otherwise. A friend of mine did a talk recently, and somebody showed up this talk, sort of a kind of by accident, who she's had uh, dealings with that have been somewhat negative. And so she has this room full of people, about 40 people, and, most, and she knows most of the people in there, and they all love her. They adore her. They, they, they do coaching with her. They do programs with her. And But this one person she's had this negative interaction with, and she was only focusing on that one person. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this, you know, this person's working, I, need, I really need to do this speech. I wonder how this person's thinking about what I'm saying right now. And and, after, and she caught herself after I was saying, this is ridiculous. I got, you know, 39 people in here who love me and one person who doesn't think so highly of me because we had this uh, unfortunate interaction. And she's focusing on the one, not the 39. And I think that's the way we do a lot of our lives. We focus on the, the you know, 0.001% that show that we're unworthy. Maybe that's a survival thing. Maybe that's a safety thing. I don't yeah, know, well, it's, it's both. I think it's a combination of both. And, and yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we're all trying to do our best in what we have. Uh, you know, that's the truth, you know. But I think, you know, it, it's, uh, um, there's a lot of signs. And, um, you know, maybe briefly, if you can just give us, some of the sign that you know, the warning sign, like you really need to see, you know, either seek some help or, or try to do something about it. What are some of the signs that really kind of, you know, that you were feeling that kind of like, okay, it's time for me to do something here because I'm, uh, you know, I'm not doing too well here. Yeah, it's because I got irritated. I got irritated with my life and I just, I said I have to change. And so I... 
I just I just started making the changes, and I think, you know, I, mean, I don't know if it was a midlife thing, or or, or what, but I just took stock of my situation, and Isn't realized that an excuse, I wasn't though? the person. <laughs> I think that's an excuse. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like I I just realized I wasn't the person I I wanted to be, and life wasn't going the way I wanted it to, and I realized the only person who could change that was me. Right. And it wasn't I I could wait all day by the door and wait for someone to knock on the door to hand me, uh, you know, the new life. And I waited for, you know, 25 years, and, no, and nobody came to the door. So I decided I was going to have to open the door and walk through it myself and, and create the changes I wanted to see in my life. And the, the help is out there, whether it's you're, you're working with... Um, yeah, working right now, I highly recommend. And I, you know what? And I think the biggest changes that I got in my life was only after I started reaching out for help, be mm. that working with a coach or a therapist or a mm. doctor or uh, specifically a mastermind group. I think it's tremendously helpful. Oh, that's helpful. fantastic, Gathering, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three, four people, supportive people mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a group once a week, every other week, to sit and discuss what you're going through. You know, this is very popular in business where maybe you talk about marketing or employee stuff or, you know, how to – deal with the competition, something like that, but you can do it with any subject. And doing it w- with a supportive group of people who can, from the outside, say, well, have you tried this? Because I, I kind of see it, you're going this direction, and have you tried doing this? Or I this happened to me, you know, not too long ago. Here's what I did. Maybe you should try it. Uh, or I read this book or something. Somebody has some advice they can give. Well, you are who you hang out with too, right, Craig? So, I mean, that's the first step. It's like, you know, can I evaluate who you're hanging out with? Are these people supportive of you or are those people just putting you down? Because, I mean, that is a big, big issue for the majority of people. Yeah, it's very huge. uh, If you don't mind, uh, yeah, go ahead. I just say emotions are contagious. And you you see it when the person at work walks into the room and uh, brings the whole room up or they bring the whole room down. You see it at, at parties. That's because there's this, this I, I don't know what you want to call it, magnetic connection or this is vibe, whatever you want to call it. We actually, and they sh- they've shown this through the Fringing Hand Heart Study. It's this 30-year-long study where they've been tracking heart disease through generations of families. But what they're doing is collating lifestyle information. So not only do they get the heart information, but they get all sorts of other information about lifestyle. And what they found is you're about within the same financial weight, health, you know, weight slash health, and emotional set points as the five closest people around you, your friends and families. Who are you hanging around? It's just pretty much because they're keeping you comfortable, and that's comfortable in your weight, comfortable mm-hmm. in your finances, and comfortable in your emotions. And so, sure. and it's hard to do to sit back and say, take stock of who are you on. But are they complaining? Do they have you complaining? You know, what do they have you watching? What do they have you reading? What do they have you saying, discussing, conversing about? And if that's not okay with you, or if you're tired of it, or if you're it's gone to the point where it's just irritating you, it might be time to maybe make some changes. And that might not make your friends happy. But then again. If they're going to go trans, that's not your you, friend, then. <laughs> they're not your friends. 
you know, exactly. You're I mean, you're supporting, simple right? as that. You gotta, you gotta evaluate that too. I mean, I, I'm big uh, believer about that. We are very uh, close to the hour, and I just wanna, if you don't mind, share some of the things that you said about your book. He said some of the the, the things that you said dealing with depression is coach, light up, laugh, write it out, build your yeah. team, and we talked about that. You know, people yeah. who are supportive of you, mastermind, people who, you know, Napoleon Hill, he had his, his mother, I mean, his, his mother as the you know, only person in his mastermind, and he's the first one who, who talked about mastermind, and he said, you know what, that was, that was enough for him. So even if you have that one person in your life can really make a difference, you know, whether you go one step forward or one step backward. Because remember, life is always moving, and you are moving too. But the, the, the question is, are you moving forward or are you moving backward? Make the decision to live your life the way that you deserve to live, being happy, healthy, mind and body all the way. Um, you know, just to end the show, um, Craig, is there anything you'd like to share with our listener before we go off the air? Well, I just wanted to let everybody know if, if you're more interested about uh, the depression information, I have a couple of uh, free download uh, MP3s you can get from my website, which is depression180.com, and that's the number is 180, depression180.com, and it's the four real causes of depression and the risks of antidepressants. Do antidepressants cause depression, violence, and suicide? And they're just free audios you can download to get more information about depression. And, um, yeah, I, I just so appreciate you, you bringing this topic to, to awareness, Maria, because it's, it's, it's lonely. And I, and, and it I is, that I know. I just felt like I was the only one going through this. And um, yeah. it, you're not. It, 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 there's no. so many people. It's, it's really going to touch pretty much everybody's life at some point, whether you deal with depression yourself or somebody in your family or a, a friend or a coworker does. And you're not alone. And help is, is available. You just gotta reach out and start taking those action steps. And if it's working with somebody, nah, please do so. But uh, at least start doing something, like like dealing with uh, the food issues or dealing with some of the supplements. And you can go to my YouTube channel. If you go to Depression 180, you'll see. Yeah, my I was gonna there's say, please share. Yeah, share that too. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. yeah, there's right. lots of YouTube videos I've done about, um, you know, the proven methods for for getting out of depression. So you can go to YouTube and and watch those things. But um, uh, it's, it's just so important to make the decision that I'm not going to do this anymore and it's, it's time to make some changes. It sure is. And you are true inspiration to everybody who, you Thank know, you. is or have been, you know, dealing with depression. And you, you said it, you are not alone. You are not alone. You're never alone. I think, you know, you'll be alone if you never reach out and, and, and share what's going on with you to, to get some help and, and, uh, um, do it in the right way where it makes you feel good. And, and, you know, like, I mean, again, on the show, we're not trying to attack, you know, um, pharmaceutical or, or, or uh, medical, you know, diagnosis of how to treat depression or anything like that. But we are providing options. We are providing choices here. And it's your life. You make the choice that is right for you. So remember that. you got to question everything. I mentioned that at the beginning of the show, and I will end the show with that on that note. Question everything and do what is right for you because it's not one size fits all. Never one size fits all. Right. We all are individuals, and that is 
that's the truth, you know. So whatever works for me might not work for you. So you gotta look at different options. You gotta, you know, do your research, do do your homework, get in touch with how you feel, spend some time alone for yourself with yourself. I think you know one of the things that I I mentioned. Uh, um, I love that quote by Carol John Young. I, I guess how you say his name, and you actually have it in your book, and it reminds me of it. And I'm gonna quote it again. I am not what happens to me. I am what I choose to be. So what do you choose to be? You know, it's your choice. So it goes back to it's your choice, your life. So make that decision that is right for you. And until next time, my friends, please stay amazing. Much love to you all. And Craig, you are an amazing person. I really do appreciate you being on the, on the show and sharing your personal experience and your life with us. And, and uh, I hope this touched somebody and, and to get them to do something with their life as well. Oh, thank you, Rhea. Keep up the good work you're doing. You're doing such much amazing love. Thank stuff. Much love. so much. You have a great day, okay? Take care. All right. Thank you, Rhea. Bye. Bye-bye now. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea.